welcome to the Driving Your Marketing Podcast, where small business entrepreneurs come to discover the strategies, systems, and tools to kick their marketing into high gear. If you want to go from surviving small business owner to thriving entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get ready to roll. All right, welcome everybody. This is Eli Delaney with Your Marketing University and the Driving Your Marketing Podcast. We are here today with another fun interview with cool marketing people that I meet from throughout the world. The whole reason why I have this show is because of the fact that most of the time when I'm talking to entrepreneurs and I'm speaking and, and you know doing my thing, I find so many people that just are starting out and they just are afraid of marketing. They don't want to have that salesy feel. And, and marketing just tends to have this bad stigma against them. And so the whole point of the show is to show you how you can market yourself without spending a lot of money, without having to be you know, a, an MBA in the marketing world, with stuff that you can do on your own, and without being sleazy in the process. You know, I've actually had people tell me that marketing seems to be like black magic and voodoo, and I want to eliminate that and get you out there to things that you can get out and implement right away. And by doing that, I bring in cool guests that I meet. Um, and today's guest is Andrea Stenberg, and she is a social media marketing consultant and coach um, who specializes in working with baby boomer entrepreneurs. A lot of times they're coaches, consultants, uh, professionals, service professionals, and getting them to help stand out in the crowd, position themselves as an expert, and get the clients using LinkedIn. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have her on the show today, because you know what? We don't do enough talk about LinkedIn. And so, Andrea, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, well, thanks for having me. So as we kind of get started with this, tell us a little bit about your background and your story because you've you got the, the baby boomer entrepreneur. Um, how did that happen and how did you get into this whole world of focusing on that niche? Well, when I first started my business, uh, this was actually 10 years ago now, social media wasn't really on the radar yet. So I was doing traditional marketing. I had... I have a background in both journalism and marketing, and so when I, when I started my business as opposed to working for somebody else, I was doing copywriting and traditional marketing for people. And as I was going out and you know, networking and promoting myself and my business, I kept meeting all these really interesting uh, baby boomers who were leaving, in some cases, really good, well-paying, secure jobs to start businesses. And I kind of thought, oh, that's really interesting. And one of the things I started noticing is a lot of them, you know, they had these wealth of professional experience and skills and knowledge, but they didn't have the experience with marketing. And in a lot of cases, marketing kind of scared them a little bit. And so I thought, hmm, this is really interesting. And um, as social media started coming together and, and um, becoming more, more of a, a tool, and I started experimenting with it for my business, again, as I was meeting these baby boomer entrepreneurs, I started seeing not only did marketing scare them, but social media marketing was really like terrified them. And at the same time, I was discovering how much I loved doing the social media marketing, uh, and I was also getting um, asked to teach, asked to speak. And so these things kind of merged together, and I thought, wow, I love the marketing, I love social media, I love these baby boomer entrepreneurs, let me help them get over their fear and you know, figure out a strategy so they can use all their years of experience and knowledge and reach their customers. So that's you know, kind of how it happened. 
That is awesome. And and I wanted to, to bring something up for, for everybody listening. You're actually calling in from uh, Canada. So what part of Canada are you in right now? I'm in Ontario in uh, a city called Owen Sound, which is about two and a half hours north of Toronto. Very cool. So I always, I always like to say where people are coming from, and I meant to do that up front, and I forgot because of the fact that I was like, okay, we're going into all this fun, cool stuff. And, and it's really cool because you know, networking is how we all connect. And I think that LinkedIn being a very, very powerful tool with that. And that's kind of, you know, just your specialty, especially with the social media. And I know from personal experience that social media and baby boomers don't always mix well. They they don't like it. And I don't, I don't blame them. There's many days that I don't like it e- either. But I know it's such a powerful tool out there. But let's talk about LinkedIn a bit because a lot of times, especially people that are, are professionals and, and maybe somebody is in the corporate world getting ready to go out and do their own thing, they think that LinkedIn is actually designed for a job seeker type of situation like job hunting. And I know, you and I know that it's great for small business owners as well. How does that work? How, does that, how do we get away from that um, job seeker mentality and utilize LinkedIn? Well, one of the things is, you know, when LinkedIn first started, uh, it really was basically an online resume. But over the last couple of years, LinkedIn has really expanded what you can do with it, what you can do with your profile. And so it's no longer just an online resume. Really, your LinkedIn profile is a multimedia marketing tool. And one of the most important things that having a LinkedIn profile can do for an entrepreneur is really help establish your credibility as a business person. And you know, there's a whole slew of ways LinkedIn lets you do that. You know, one of the things is, you know, I said it's a multimedia marketing channel. Having multimedia attached to your profile gives you a chance to showcase your expertise before somebody even invites you to connect. So, you know, if you have a YouTube video where you're standing up and speaking and talking about your area of expertise, Potential customers can, you know, kind of virtually look you in the eye. They can hear your voice, hear what you have to say, and go, oh, okay, this person sounds really knowledgeable. Um, but, you know, it doesn't have to be YouTube videos. You can have uh, your portfolio if, if your expertise is something visual. So photographers, you know, upload some photos. If you're somebody like a home stager, uh, you could have before and after photos attached to your profile, which all helps, you know, before they've even reached out to connect, people can look at that and go, oh, this person is really talented or this person really can do what they say they can do. Uh, you know, another way that LinkedIn really helps you establish your credibility is the recommendations and endorsements, particularly the recommendations. Because one of the things that if you're new to LinkedIn, you may not know. But so, so say I give you a recommendation on, on LinkedIn. You, you can choose whether or not to publish it to your profile, but you can't edit it. I'm the only one mm-hmm. who can edit it. And you know, so we all know that when you look at uh, testimonials on a website, you can always wonder, are they real testimonials or did somebody just mm-hmm. make them up? But on LinkedIn, right. if, you see a, if you see a testimonial from somebody, it's, it's connected to that person's profile. So you can go see, yes, that's a real person. And the person who, who gave that recommendation wrote it. They did not, you know, the, the other person didn't edit it. So, so by having recommendations attached to your profile, you're adding to your credibility and the people who are coming and looking at it can really have the confidence that the other person really said it. You didn't make it up. Uh, and right. Now thing- that, is, that is awesome because, you know, recommendations are actually my, my favorite piece of 
of LinkedIn. I know recommendations in groups, and I'm sure we'll talk about groups in just a minute. The recommendations are just an amazing tool because you have that ability to get so many um, actual, their own words type of testimonials from people. And and like you said, the fact that those came from a real person, because we have been to websites, and I see it, I still see it today. It's really funny how I'll see webinar or see testimonials from, um, hey, so-and-so was really super awesome, and I really bought, thought their product was amazing from John S., and it's like, really? Is this real? Is this a real person? And, you know, sometimes they'll even stick a picture up there and the picture looks like a stock photo of a dude, you know? Yeah. And so, and so LinkedIn gives you that ability to actually know exactly who that person is. You can click on their profile and actually see this is a real person. This is their business. This is what they do, all that kind of fun stuff. And, you know, to show a, to share a story of how this worked, I actually had a, a couple, probably about three, four months ago, who had reached out to me. Somehow we were in a group and I commented on an article that he had wrote and he, he replied back to me and said, thank you so much for, for the comment. I really appreciate that. By the way, I was looking at your profile and you have like 35 reviews. I would love to talk to you. You've got to be doing something right. And I was like, very cool. Or not reviews, but recommendations. And so he, that ended up costing bringing in a call between this guy in Sydney, Australia over a Skype conversation who we've ended up recommending each other for stuff. And he, he actually got into one of my programs. I've connected him with a friend of mine who lives there. And all of this networking got started because I commented on something and then he saw my profile and saw I had all these recommendations and was like, wow, you must be doing something right. I got to talk to this guy, you know, and that can be very powerful for you. Yeah, absolutely it is. And, you know, one of the things that I always say to people that are new to LinkedIn is don't be shy about approaching people who know you well and you know are people who are happy with what you do and ask them for recommendations. Because a lot of people, you know, they get busy in their own, own world and their own stuff and they may be really happy to recommend you, but they, they don't think about it. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you can, you know, when you're, particularly when you're first starting out and you don't have very many, is think, you know, who are your best customers? Who are, you know, maybe somebody you worked with for a long period of time who can uh, attest to your, to your ability? Or maybe there's somebody you worked on a committee with, so maybe they're not necessarily a customer, but they, they've seen your expertise. And just ask them. Say, hey, I'm, I'd really appreciate it if, if you feel that you want to recommend me. I'd appreciate the recommendation on LinkedIn. And if they're truly happy with what you do, they'll, people will be really happy to do it. Yeah. Well, and there's a couple of things with that. Number one is that, you know, the, the approach that I share with people, because I actually teach a, a LinkedIn, it's actually a social media for job seekers class here in the Portland area. And it's really kind of fun because the, the class doesn't even talk about recommendations in itself. So I kind of throw that in there as a little bonus. And I'm like, okay, here's what you do is you go through and you find your previous employers and coworkers and people that you know would be able to legitimately give you a good recommendation and you reach out to them and just ask them. And now if we're as entrepreneurs, we do that with people that are our customers, maybe vendors we've worked with, you know, there's also that. And then of course the flip side with it is also give recommendations, find people that you actually would be a good fit that you could actually say, Hey, by the way, I want to do a recommendation for this person because they're a great, you know, referral source, or maybe they're a vendor of yours and you could recommend them, and guess what? They'll turn around and they'll do the same thing back to you again. I mean, it really is that cool. And, you know, one more thing I wanted to bring in, too, is kind of as just a, a caveat to the flip side of that. When you ask for a recommendation on LinkedIn, if somebody doesn't respond, you can send them a couple of gentle reminders, but don't get upset if they don't do it. Some people just never will. 
Yeah, and, or you know, and it may be for whatever reason they don't they don't give recommendations, or maybe they're not as active on LinkedIn and they have checked their messages, mm-hmm. or there could be a whole slew of reasons that have nothing to do with you. Right, exactly, and that's I always want to kind of put that out there because I've had people who get kind of upset. We're like, well, I've asked for a whole bunch of recommendations and nobody's responded back. Well, you know, maybe it's because you have, your whole bunch happen to be three, and those three people aren't really active on LinkedIn, like you said, or again, you know, some people, they just don't give recommendations. That's just the, the, their way of life. It's not anything personal to you whatsoever. And I always say, we know so many people and we've helped so many people in our lives. There's always more, you know, I mean, I can actually go through and say, see that I have probably about 20 people that haven't responded and recommended me like they're supposed, like I've asked them to, but then I have actually, I was actually looking at it and I've got close to 40 recommendations right now. And so it's like, eh, those other people, they, they're not on LinkedIn. They ignored it, whatever. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. And in fact, uh, if, you're, if you're new to LinkedIn and just getting your profile going, you need to get to the point where you have at least a minimum of five recommendations in order for LinkedIn to consider your profile to be complete. And once you reach that sort of complete status, you're more likely to show up in searches. So it's not just about the credibility. It's also about you know, kind of reaching a broader audience as well. But it's, you know, recommendations are absolutely essential. And once you have them, it really does help with your credibility online. And you know, when you're, anytime anybody's doing business with you, if they don't know you yet, you have to kind of overcome some of their resistance. But when it's online and they haven't met you yet, there's even more of a, a, a distrust, and, and you have to work harder to build that trust, and recommendations absolutely help with that. Right, and that is, that is awesome. And that's something I didn't know, was that you get five recommendations, and that's, that will actually help with LinkedIn thinking your profile is actually complete, which will help with search results and stuff like that. So that's kind of cool. I'm really glad you shared that, because out of everything that I've done, that's one thing I didn't know. I did know that you know, the magic number on number of connections is 500, you know, and that's something we can talk about. You want to explain that a little bit of, of how that side of things works on getting connections and that magic number? Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's part of marketing is partially a numbers game. And, um, you know, certainly if, if you have 10 connections on LinkedIn, it's not going to help you as far as, as a marketing tool. But, uh, you know, once you get to 500 connections and – if you're, if you're on LinkedIn and you're looking at people, you'll, you'll see, sometimes you'll see people, you know, 300 connections, 147, and they'll say 500 plus. You never see somebody say like 10,000 connections or, or whatever. You, it's, it's 500 plus. So that 500 is sort of like the, the sweet spot of LinkedIn. If you can get to 500 connections, your, your broader network is so much larger. Uh, you, you show up in so many more searches, you're more like, you know, if somebody is looking for the product or service you offer, you're more likely to show up uh, because you've got those 500 connections. And um, then that's when LinkedIn really starts becoming a powerful marketing tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like I always, I always like to tell people that uh, whether we like it or not, any social media is a bit of a, a popularity contest. So yes, we are back in junior high. And, you know, with, especially with LinkedIn, you look at it and if you're going to be the expert in your industry, people want to know you're connected and you're active. And so the number of connections you have will say part of that. 
But again, just once you hit that 500, all of a sudden now you're in that, it hits 500 plus. So it doesn't matter if you have 500 or 5,000, it still says 500 plus. So just reaching that number is kind of that magic piece. And a lot of times people don't realize how big that comes. You know, LinkedIn was actually started with that concept of the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, if you've ever heard that joke. Yeah. And yeah. And that and so that people don't realize that if you by having a certain number of connections, if you have 500 connections, you actually got access to like literally like three million people within two to three degrees, which is really powerful once you stop and think about that. Yeah. And and when you're marketing your, yourself and marketing your business, you want to, to be able to reach out to that that broader audience. And the nice thing about having, you know, a second or third degree connection is you have a path of how to meet that person. If it's somebody, you know, it's, it's the company that you've always wanted to have for a client, you, you know, it's, you're not having to cold call. You can call your connection that you have and say, hey, I see you're connected to John Smith and he works at this company I really want to work for. Can you make an introduction? Or, you know, it's so much easier than you know, picking up the phone and calling them out of the blue. If, if you can get that introduction and, and have that, that warm lead when you start having the sales conversation, it's so much simpler, so much easier. Right. No, I totally get that. And it, and it's, and it is, again, going back to just networking, it's just, you know, if you can get an introduction from somebody at any point, it's always easier. And LinkedIn is a powerful tool for that. Now, you brought up something about, like, you know, corporations are using LinkedIn for hiring in a, in a lot of aspects right now. Um, but what about small businesses? You know, a lot of times we're not looking to necessarily hire an employee, but we're looking for contractors or suppliers and things like that. How, what, do you, what would you recommend using LinkedIn as a tool for that? Well, one of the great things about, about using LinkedIn for, for finding suppliers or contractors is, well, first of all, the recommendations go the other way, too. If you're looking to see is somebody going to provide me uh, you know, good value for my money, and you look at their recommendations, that's going to help you. But the other thing is people on LinkedIn are incredibly generous with their knowledge and their expertise. And you know, if you have a, a you know, good-sized network and you engage with them, you can get really good advice from people in your network or in groups you belong to. Uh, you know, one time a, a few, number of years back, I was uh, looking for some software for my company, and I'd done some research online, and I'd narrowed it down to two pieces of software, but I couldn't really decide. So I put it out to my LinkedIn network. I said, hey, has anybody got experience with these two pieces of software? I'd love some feedback. And within 24 hours, I had about a dozen really detailed, lengthy uh, responses. Like people didn't just say, oh, pick A or pick B. People were giving me really detailed information about what they liked and didn't like about the different software. And then in addition to that, I got a response from somebody else who recommended a third piece of software that I hadn't discovered in my research that was significantly cheaper. Like over, and it did more of the things that I wanted and didn't do things that I didn't need. And it ended up being the one that I purchased. And it's probably saved me about six, $7,000 over the last few years just by taking that time to reach out to my LinkedIn network and get that recommendation from people. So, you know, and I think for small businesses, solopreneurs, micro businesses that don't have a big company behind them, that's really powerful to have these minds that you can pick and get advice and, and get recommendations about what products and services you need for your business. 
Awesome. And I, and I totally love that. And that's where, you know, I mentioned groups earlier and I think groups would probably be, you know, one of those things that that's a, it's a great opportunity to talk about that for a second, because I know for me personally, joining specific groups and, and here's a, a great idea, example of this is uh, we're Infusionsoft users. So um, for those of you that are listening, Infusionsoft is imagine your email marketing system, your shopping cart and a CRM like Salesforce or act or something like that, stick them all together and stick them on steroids. And we're part of a local user group here in the Portland area. And not, not only do we meet once a month, but we also have a LinkedIn group. And just a couple of days ago, somebody recommended or was asking a question about a LinkedIn. Matter of fact, it was perfectly that it's a tool to evaluate their LinkedIn profile to see if they can make it better that I had actually mentioned. But he couldn't remember that it was me that had mentioned it. He just remembered somebody talked about this tool. Does anybody remember who that was? And so I saw that in the group was to be able to post it out there, share the link and all that kind of fun stuff. And the cool thing about it is I'm able to help him and everybody else in the group. And this group has, I think, three or four hundred people in it, which is pretty, pretty cool. And so now I get a little bit of exposure to those people, but I'm sharing knowledge. I'm not pitching anything. It's not even it's not my software. I have nothing to do with it. Matter of fact, it's something that's free. But I'm by just going out, being able to share a tidbit of information, I'm helping him and the rest of the group and showing my expertise in the process. Yeah, group, groups are a wonderful way to, you know, depending on the, on the topic of the group and who's in it, connect with new people, learn things, get feedback. Uh, I mean, there, some groups are better than others. Mm -hmm. It really, I think, depends on who created the group and how well moderated it is because I think you've probably experienced there are some groups where all it is is people posting their latest blog posts and buy my stuff. That's pretty much all people are posting and nobody's right. having conversations. But there mm -hmm. are some groups where people are really you know, asking questions, I need help with this, and then all of a sudden you get a whole bunch of people jumping in and sharing their experience and their knowledge. And when you get in one of those groups, it's just invaluable. You couldn't pay for that kind of expertise. <laughs> so, so it's definitely worth um, you know, spending some time picking and, and choosing. And sometimes you just have to join a group to see if it's going to be valuable or not. And mm -hmm. if it is, you, you stay and you hang on like, like get mad. And if it turns out it's not, leave and join another one. It's, um, but yeah. it's definitely... And don't be one of those people who's post, just posting their blog posts and saying, buy my stuff. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too, is that, you know, we're talking about the fact that you can ask questions and, and the people in the group will, will come back and share. But then there's also the flip side. And, and to make this useful is you've got to be the person that's sharing as well. You know, obviously, if you have a question, then, you know, at, feel free to post it. But then if somebody else has a question, share it. Or if you find a great resource that's a great tool that you would recommend and you know the people in the group will get benefit out of, then share it. And don't just say, hey, here's a, a great, you know, hey, here's a great plugin for WordPress. Say, hey, here's a great, I was looking for this type of plugin that would do X, Y, and Z. This is the plugin I ended up with. And this is why I like them above the other ones. Here's, you know, here's my top three reasons why I picked it above everything else. Here's a link to check it out. If it helps you out, great. If not, don't worry about it. You know, I mean, it's, but give them detail because when you do that, you're going to definitely stand out. Yeah. And an another thing that can be really great about groups, some of my most valuable LinkedIn connections have come from people that I sort of met in a group and then where, you know, they commented on something I said or I commented on something they said and then I'll send them a private message within the group 
and you know we start converse, you know conversation that way, and then at some point you know we'll invite to connect, and then we get on the phone and and actually you know talk to each other rather than just the digital stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know it's such a you know a natural way to get to know people. It's not just about you know randomly collecting numbers of people on your profile, but actually you know getting to know them in, in a more natural way. Right. It's about building relationships, and you said. Something very, very important with that, which was you start the connection within a group, which then leads to a private conversation, which then leads to a phone call. And that's the piece that I think people miss in all social media is that they think, especially when it comes to business, that it's a matter of, of I just have to keep blasting my stuff out there and get people to come to my page and buy my stuff. They forget that every business transaction is based off of a relationship of some sort. And people buy from people, not businesses. So what you just talked about is so, so critical. It's such a powerful tool. And the fact that you can get there where you can start this relationship and it could be somebody across the world. I mean, you're, you and I are on the other side of the country right now. You're in Canada. I'm in Portland, but we're you're East Coast. I'm West Coast. And the fact that would never have happened if it hadn't been for the tools of the Internet. But what ended up happening to create this conversation right now, it was a phone call. It was that it was a Skype conversation, you know, and yeah. those are the kind of things that people forget that we want to have relationships with people. That's why people are connected to us and that's why people want to buy. And social media is an amazing tool to do that. But it starts in the social online world. And then you have that Skype call, a Google Hangout call, a phone call, a face to face coffee meeting, whatever that is to take it to the next level. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that happens, particularly like introverts or people who are shy, think that social media means they don't have to talk to anybody anymore. <laughs> but I, I always say, you know, if you're doing social media right, you're going to talk to more people. But mm-hmm. these are people who are already predisposed to want to have that conversation with you, and they already feel like they know you a little bit, and you feel like you know them. It's not talking to a stranger. It's talking to somebody that, that you already know. So it it becomes a lot easier even if you're a shy person because you sort of know this person already. They've seen your face, you've seen their the little photo next to their, their comments, maybe you've seen some of their stuff on their profile, you've had chats online. It's not a stranger anymore. And so when you finally do pick up the phone, uh, it's it's not as scary. So even for shy people, really, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and that's the great thing about it too is that you know most introverts um, we you know I am actually an introvert and a lot of times people don't realize that because they see me as this outgoing guy I do speaking I do the podcast I I do all these different things I'm a very social creature but what ends up happening is that mo- all of this is trained all of this is learned skills and my my conversation with people usually is one on one it's if I have to speak in a group in a group of, you know, even three people, I get twitchy. But if it's just one person, I have no problem talking to that one person. That's easy. And most introverts actually are kind of that way. And so that's, that's the thing is that we, we think that we can just sit behind the computer and just, you know, type in a chat without an actual phone conversation or a, you know, Skype. I use Skype and Hangouts and all the other cool tools that can go along with that. But really that one-on-one conversation is still going to make, make the grade every time. And, if you are the person who's reaching out to people to have the conversation, you are going to be like in the top 1% of LinkedIn because the vast majority of people never take that step. But most people are receptive if you're reaching out and it's clear that it's not just a sales call. Uh, 
you know, I've had very few people say no when I when I've contacted them and said, hey, can we get on the phone and or on Skype mm-hmm. or whatever and, and chat. Right. Um, so, and you know, one of the things that I found that is really a non-threatening way to to uh, initiate that is ask somebody, you know, if, if they're local, you can ask them to meet for a cup of coffee. But if it's somebody, you know, across the country or across the globe is, you know, say, hey, I, you know, I've enjoyed our conversations. Can we get on Skype and have a virtual cup of coffee together? Mm-hmm. And when you say that, immediately people know, okay, this isn't a sales call. They're not trying to sell me. And, and it's much more relaxed. So that's, I give everybody permission to use that phrase, virtual cup yep. of coffee. Yeah, actually, I have something very similar. I call it the virtual coffee date, and it's this exact same process. And, and it's great because when you do that, especially if you're using Skype and actually use video with your Skype, turn on your webcam. If you're willing to, that will make a big difference because what ends up happening is even a phone call, which essentially Skype without video is kind of the same basic concept, but if you have video on there, all of a sudden, you can see their face, you can see their reactions, you can see, see the smile on smile on their their mouth, all that kind of stuff. And now you can have that's like the closest thing to face to face that you can ever get. Yeah, and you know, the people that I've done that with, I've developed really strong business relationships where, you know, we've you know they're essentially business partners. There are people that I've known for you know ten years now. We've never met face to face. We've never even been in the same city. But I consider them to be really close business friends because we started off that way. And then, you know, we may only get on the phone every year, year and a half, two years, but we, you know, we stay in touch. And it's, I can't underestimate, you know, I can't over, you know, explain the importance of getting on the phone or on Skype or Hangout, whatever technology you're comfortable with, and just talking to people. All right. Awesome. I love it. So as we're kind of going through all this, we're talking a lot about the relationships and, and how to utilize the tools to to make connections with people. How do we actually turn this into generating revenue for our business? Because obviously that's the question people are sitting there thinking about and they're like, oh, I don't really want to spend all this time being socialized. You know, what's how do we turn this into the next step to where people actually get it? Well, I mean, there's a number of different ways that that LinkedIn helps you actually turn it into money. Uh, one, of, one of the ways, that, something that happened to me recently, um, there's somebody who is a, lo- is a local business person. He and I belong to an, a networking group for about a year and a half where we met weekly for lunch. And if you would ask me, I would have bet money he knew exactly and precisely what I did because we were in this, this networking group. And one day I posted on LinkedIn my little status update that I was going to present a workshop on, I think it was on Facebook. And, you know, it took me a minute to type this up, publish it on LinkedIn, you know, no big deal, and didn't think anything of it. But the next day I get an email from him saying, hey, Andrea, do you help businesses get on Facebook? Can you do that for my business? And, you know, after I picked myself up off the floor, <laughs> I replied <laughs> back and said, said absolutely, let's, let's meet for coffee, and, and turned out to be, you know, a fairly significant chunk of work for me. So even just something simple about, you know, keeping yourself in front of potential customers because I think it's something that really easy to forget that while your business is the most important thing in the world to you, it's not to anybody else. 
and they won't, you know, people forget what you do and don't care about what you do until suddenly there's a, they have a need for it. So just this simple reminder of mm -hmm. who you are, what you do. Um, you know, another another way is, you know, I, I mentioned earlier the the introductions, getting introduced on LinkedIn. So so you're not just passively waiting for people to contact you, but you know, if you have some some dream clients, these are the people that you've always wanted to. Uh, connect with. Without LinkedIn, you don't know which one of your friends may be, you know, cousins with the, you know, the the person who's going to make the decision at your dream your dream client. Mm -hmm. Or but on LinkedIn, you can do a search and say, "Okay, I want to work for ABC Corporation. I think they would I could do a great job for them. Who do I know?" And you look and say, "Oh, wait a sec. This guy I went to college with is connected to him." You know, pick, either pick up the phone or send a message on LinkedIn and say, "Hey, I'm trying to meet somebody at the, at this company. Can you make the introduction?" Uh, and you can start start the sales process. I mean, it's um, it, it's so much simpler that way. Right, and I love that. I love how you know the first thing is that you talked about. You know, sometimes people forget that you do certain things or just don't pay enough attention and that's and it happens we're all we're all human i i believe we live in the add world so whatever's you know bright and shiny in front of us today is the thing we remember and what we what we saw yesterday or even this morning has disappeared already and so the fact that and you can use this on all social media not just linkedin but by you posting stuff about what's going on in your business and you know, maybe you just work with a new client and those kind of things. It keeps top of mind awareness for people. So when that person does actually have a need for what you've got, then they're like, oh, yeah, I should call Andrea because all of a sudden you're there. They saw a post that you did. And it can really be as simple as that. I know when I first started, my first business was a web and graphic design company. And I had I was building a website for a client, but I had she put things on hold because she had somebody else decide that was going to do her logo for her. And I was like, well, why didn't you have us do it for you? We could have just done it all in one shot. And she's like, oh, well, I didn't know you guys did logos. And at first I was a little upset with her because she should have known better. And then I stopped and thought about it. And it's like, no, actually, that's my fault. It's not her fault because she obviously um, had other things to do. She doesn't know my business like I do. It's my responsibility to make sure she knows what kind of services I have and how I can help her. And LinkedIn is just one more tool to be able to do that, to stay top of mind awareness to people. So when they do have that need, you're going to come to mind right away for them. Yeah. And another tool on LinkedIn that I think is really underutilized, but it's like one of the powerhouses is the publishing the full-length articles on LinkedIn. That has been, for myself and any of my clients who I've, who I've been able to persuade to start publishing, mm -hmm. it is incredible the volume of traffic you get on your profile, the traffic you get to your website. It's mind-blowing. I have um, a few articles that I actually I published on my blog a few years ago that were getting a lot of traffic. And I republished them, just made a few minor edits, republished them on LinkedIn. And I'm finding that those articles that I've published on LinkedIn are showing up much higher in the Google search than the articles from my blog from two years mm -hmm. ago that were getting, already getting lots of traffic. So, I, and oftentimes people are finding my articles actually through Google, not through LinkedIn, but then they're contacting me. And I've had the same with clients where they post articles related to their industry, related to their business, where they're 
you know, it's about showcasing their expertise, not about making the sale. But then people contact you from there. And it's, it's incredibly powerful, inexpensive advertising for, for yourself and for your, your business. All it's costing you is the time and expertise to write these articles. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is awesome. You know, our, the publishing of articles, I was, I was in the announcement where they first like put it out in beta and I just never took advantage of it. So I really do need to, I've, I've contemplated it a few times and I just haven't stopped and actually done it. But I think you've kind of pushed me over the edge now because I really do. I do need to. And it's cool for, for those of you that are listening in and you're like, okay, I already have a blog. Well, what about rewriting a few of those articles that you have, especially some of your older ones, and then republishing them on LinkedIn. The cool thing is by publishing on LinkedIn, that adds LinkedIn's authority, which just like, you know, Andrea, just like you said, you can actually, we're now we're adding the the Google juice because LinkedIn ranks well on Google. That's going to be huge for it. And it wouldn't be, it wouldn't take up that much time to do and it doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. It's that, you know, if, anybody takes one thing out of today it's like at the virtual cup of coffee and then publishing articles those are mm-hmm. the two biggest things you can be doing on linkedin to promote your business and when people read those articles and then they check out your profile and they contact you it's often it's not you know i want to know more about your business it's how can we work together right. and when you get when you get people you don't know calling you and saying i want to be a client that is amazing and it makes makes running your business so much easier because the sales conversations kind of happened before you ever talked to the client. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love it. And that's, and that's great because you just actually finished up what my next question was going to be. Cause generally my next question is, okay, when people, if people need to take one action right now, what's it going to be? And you just gave them two steps. Number one is to reach out to somebody, create the virtual cup of coffee. And the second thing is post an article. And those are both actually very simple things to do. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, set a goal that, you know, one a, one a month. If you do, you have a virtual cup of coffee with one person a month and publish one article a month, you'll be in the top 5% of LinkedIn because so many people are not doing that. Awesome. I love it. This is great, great stuff. Andrea, thank you so much for spending the time with us today because this has been really, really powerful stuff. And we don't talk about LinkedIn enough and it's such a powerful tool. It's getting even more powerful. Some of the tools that they're they're coming out with and the, the restructuring of it has really jumped so many capabilities. And it's, it's actually finally starting to come into its own, which is pretty cool. Um, so I do thank you for coming and joining us. Now, people are going to want to stay in touch with you. They're going to want to follow you. Obviously, they're probably going to want to connect with you on LinkedIn. So how can people get a hold of you? Well, um, you know, my main presence online is at thebabyboomerentrepreneur.com. But I am on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Andrea Stenberg on LinkedIn. And if if you send me an invitation to connect and say you heard me on the podcast, I will definitely accept your invitation. Uh, and in fact, just a, a week or so ago, I did a free webinar ta- talking about whether or not you should connect with people you don't know on LinkedIn. And I've got the recording up. So if anybody wants to, uh, to check that out, it's at thebabyboomerentrepreneur.com slash free hyphen webinar. And they can find out, learn more about LinkedIn and my, my favorite social network. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. We will all definitely make sure I put that in the show, show notes for everybody. So everybody listening, you know how to get a hold of Andrea. LinkedIn is such a, such a powerful tool. And of course, you know, if you, if you enjoyed the content and you enjoyed what we shared today, do us a favor, go to iTunes and look at, look us up. Matter of fact, if you go to drivingyourmarketing.com, you can actually click on a little button. It'll take right to the page on iTunes and post a review. What did you think about this? Uh, what would you like to, to hear more of, especially since, you know, like I said, LinkedIn is a topic we don't talk about a whole lot. If there's something else you would like to hear, any questions you have, that's a great place to do it. So post a review there for us. And then, of course, reach out and connect with us. Again, we're back in that social world, things you can do. If you're not connected to me on LinkedIn, definitely do so and say, hey, by the way, I just heard your episode with Andrea. We need to get connected. And for Andrea, here, and this is something, Andrea, you said something really awesome with us, by the way. The fact that you said, write a personalized message that says, I heard you on Eli's podcast. Because I get probably 10 connection requests a day on LinkedIn alone. And it amazes me how many people just click a little button that says connect. And they don't introduce themselves. I don't know who these people are. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty cool with the fact that a mass majority of them I will go ahead and accept. But I am much more likely to accept somebody if they actually send a personalized message. As a matter of fact, I was on uh, Rick Mulready's show uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and I've had like five or six people say, hey, I heard you on the Art of Paid Traffic. I would love to, to talk to you. And some of those people have turned into clients right now because of that. And it's only been a couple of weeks. And so by doing that personalized message, it stands out. It makes a big difference. So, Andrea, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. Really appreciate all the great information you had. Um, is there anything else that, you know, anything else that you can think of you want to share with everybody before we wrap up? Uh, no, I just wanted to say, I want to say thank you for having me on. I love having the opportunity to talk about LinkedIn. I could talk about it all day long, and uh, I've had a lot of fun. Very cool. I appreciate that. Uh, that's the whole goal. We want to have some fun, teach some cool stuff, and, and help more people. So thank you so much. You know, if there's anything that I can do to help you out, always know you can reach out and let me know anytime. Will do. All right. Well, everybody get out there. Have an amazing Rockstar Week as always. Let's stay in touch. And, of course, you know, you guys know how to get a hold of me. If you've got any questions, reach out, let me know. And with that, we'll see you on the next show. Take care. Hey there, this is Eli again, and I got a question for you. Do you have a roadmap for marketing your business? If you're consistently looking for new marketing ideas just to keep your business going, then you need to check out smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com and download the free special report that I created to help you create a marketing plan that will thrive in any economy. Again, that's smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com. Go get it, read it, and start the road trip of your lifetime. See you on the other side.